Hayes, Alexander, Shabbat for three, bang, oh! will get it for the win. What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of Dime Dropper 2022 NBA Playoff Postgame Recaps. This time our first conference finals recap for this year's playoffs. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. So tonight, your boy Solo Dolo, drop comments in the live chat. Super chats are turned on. If you want to drop a dollar or a dime, good morning to wherever you may be if you're listening the day after. The Eastern Conference Finals are here. The Western Conference Finals are tomorrow. Let's get right into it. Miami and Boston. The first time these two teams are playing each other in the playoffs with fans since the famous 2012 series that LeBron James ended up taking that turning point in his career in in Game 6. In Boston, But of course, if you remember recent history, in the bubble they faced off against each other in a pretty competitive series. The Heat won in six games. And the Celtics are a much different team. The Heat have some changes as well. Let's get into tonight's game. Initial things. Kyle Lowry still out. But for the Celtics, very bad news today. Al Horford out health and safety protocol. They're saying that he could be out for both games in Miami, which is huge considering how great he's been this season in this playoffs. And then Marcus Smart, a different injury. He missed a game. I think it was game two. He missed in the Bucks series with a quad injury. And now he was up with a knee sprain. It doesn't seem like he's going to be out the whole series. I think there's optimism that he's going to play in game two, but oh boy, were those two missed, but not in the first half. As we start out talking about the game, the Celtics guys came out and threw the first punch. They were locking down. Their closeout speed was fantastic. Their help defense, as usual, fantastic. And without Al Horford, you saw an increased role for Rob Williams, the Time Lord. This was probably his best game, at least the, in the first half, at least. The best half he played in the playoffs thus far. And then you saw Derek White come in for Marcus Smart. Grant Williams stayed starting. And I thought the Celtics set the tone. You know, they, they led the first quarter 28-25, to 25, but they really were up like 8, 10 points uh, because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you know, Marcus Smart's not there, so you know that those two are going to handle the ball even more. And they did a good job. Jalen Brown was aggressive. The Celtics were able to get in transition when they got stops. You know, they're going to switch everything. But they were actually putting Rob Williams in drop coverage instead of switching everything because they, they didn't have Horford. And I don't think they wanted to go with a small guy on Bam on the offensive glass. And the Time Lord did such a great job uh, when guys tried to come in the lane of blocking floaters and just affecting shots. And then help defense-wise, he had some spectacular blocks. He had this one on Victor Oladipo that he pinned off the glass. And he was also getting offensive rebounds in the other end. And, of course, his lob threat. So this is the thing about the Heat that I was so surprised with was that Miami... They usually switch everything. We've seen a lot of switch everything, except for with certain guys like Embiid in the last series. They didn't switch everyone on Embiid. 
They treated Tatum with the same respect in the first half. They didn't switch Bam onto him. And I think that was mostly because I don't think they wanted certain guys on the time load on the offensive glass. So both ways with the mismatch. I think they're pretty confident Bam can take anyone. But I think it's the offensive glass with Rob Williams that they were a little bit more afraid of. But when they were going in drop coverage, Jason Tatum was doing a great job of just taking what the defense gave him, throwing lobs, getting into the mid-range, hitting his three, making the right plays. And Jason Tatum, you know, he's improved so much. And I kind of wanted to rave. I was thinking I was going to come into this recap raving about how amazing Jason Tatum was, how he's the best player in the series by like looking like the clear-cut best player in the series, and how he all the improvements that he's made to his game, which he has. And we're, this, that day will still come where I give the rant on how much he's improved because I feel like I have talked about little things, but not in the grand scheme of things, uh, certain things he's improved on. Because I've gotten to watch him since year one living in Massachusetts. So I can tell you really specific things that maybe you won't get at other, other podcasts, at least not Celtic podcasts. But I can't say that tonight because it was a tale of two halves. But the first half was all good for the Celtics. Peyton Pritchard came in, did his thing. I thought Derek White could have made more shots. But overall, I thought he was in the first half making the right plays. And the guy that actually came and restored order for the Miami Heat, because the starting lineup wasn't really scoring like that, Tyler Hero. The sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero, he came in, got in the pick and roll, punished the Celtics in drop coverage, coming off those screens, pulling up, stepping into threes and twos, floaters, and made some great passes. He had this one pass up ahead where it was out. Uh, it went beyond the outstretched hand of J- Jalen Brown. And you, those passes, dime dropper fam, like, you know, I'm a huge... I'm in a passing. That's why my channel's name is Dime Dropper. I know what kind of passes feel good. And that's a great pass when you know that the window's not very big. The defender's athletic. He can get the ball. But the pass is so good, he just couldn't, even with his outstretched arm. And that's because he put the right amount of pace on that thing and height on it. And Jimmy Butler found a way to... I remember at halftime, I was thinking like, man, Jimmy's got like, what, seven points, eight points? He had 14. And that's because he does such a great job of getting to the line. And that, again, talking about everybody needs to shoot threes, you know, yeah, Jimmy Butler. Here's the thing about Jimmy Butler. It's not even that he's not a good three-point shooter. He doesn't really have a handle like that, like an ISO package. He doesn't really have many counters off the dribble when he's going downhill, and he really favors his right, if you haven't noticed this by now. But what he does do a great job of is when he jump stops, he has counters then. Well, he has the spin, but he also has the really good counters when he jump stops. He pump fakes so much, and he has good footwork off of that. And he'll turn and spin and can turn over the right shoulder, sometimes over the left shoulder as well. But really the utilization of pump fakes that I've talked about so much uh, over all my podcasts throughout these last two years that is so underutilized in today's NBA off the dribble, off the catch. A lot of guys, you know, pump fake and guys fly by, but off the dribble, a lot of guys don't go to that. Steph Curry is one of the guys that comes to mind that does. And you see that with the greats. I mean, Kobe, uh, Jordan, all the greats, you know. Freaking, uh, what's his name? Larry Bird is one of the main ones. Luka Doncic. Oh my God, he gets people out of, and, and Jokic. They get people out of their shoes. But, and even Giannis too. So the best, you know, the best players, really, they util, you utilize them well. And Jimmy Butler gets so many guys in the air. And the best thing about him is he makes his free throws. 17 for 18 tonight from the line. That's efficient, baby. But after one close game, 28-25, second quarter, Mora Boston, they were up 34-29, making threes, finding the open guys, and Miami was kind of struggling on defense. They were turning the ball over a little bit, and they were, you know, Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, especially Max Struess in the first half, he couldn't buy a bucket. And Jalen Brown added this one jab step where he sent Gabe Vincent flying. And again, that goes back to stop wasting so much movement. Sharp moves, sell your moves. 
You know, don't need all this left and right nonsense over dribbling. But so going into the halftime, it was Jason Tatum doing his thing. He played so much of the game, especially the first half. And Jason Tatum played 44 minutes, so he only sat out four minutes. But I thought, you know, the the Celtics were going to go get it. But the third quarter, oh, my Lord. This was unlike any quarter I've seen this season from the Celtics, especially in the playoffs. And the Miami Heat, they turned up that fucking heat. Because on defense, they made a clear adjustment. We're switching everything. We're going to trust it. And Bam Adebayo made some spectacular plays guarding anyone you could think of. Blocking shots. He had this one chase down where I think it was Jalen Brown. He wedgied his ass. Pinned him and wedgied it. He was spectacular on defense. Jimmy Butler was playing as that. My God, my, I'm sorry. For the guys that are watching the live chat, my nose is itchy as hell. It's not even. <laughs> but Jimmy Butler was in the passing lanes, but coming from the blind side like a safety and just picking off passes, specifically, mainly being thrown by Jason Tatum, who had a real tale of two halves turning the ball over like Kevin Durant in game one against the Celtics in this year's playoffs, like five times in a quarter, careless passes and pick and roll, throwing it just as if he's not even looking at the weak side of what could potentially be behind uh, the guy he's passing to. Jimmy Butler got two steals, three steals, two on Jason Tatum at least, picking off his passes in, in the third quarter, but three of them at least, in the quarter, just picking him off. And they made him pay every time. And another thing that started getting bad for the Celtics, besides the fact that they could not make a three, they were like 0 for 10 before they made two threes at the end of the, in the second half. But Gabe Vincent and Max Struess started hitting threes. And Max Struess hit a couple open shots because the momentum was being pushed. But Gabe Vincent hit a three when Jason Tatum was switched on to him to beat the shot clock from like 28, 30 feet. And that was huge because then he came back and hit a... I think he had another one not too far later, but he was shooting with confidence. He was 5 for 10 and 3 for 7 from deep, and Max Struess ended up 4 for 9 and 3 for 8 from deep. So to get double figures from those guys, 17 for Vincent and 11 from Struess is big time for Miami. But Jimmy Butler, he was just putting on his show, getting into the mid-range, and the Celtics just seemed rattled. And Jalen Brown, you know, he was aggressive still. He was getting to the line. He start, he shot 17 times tonight, and he played, in four, he played 43 minutes. The problem with Jalen... Free throws, six for ten, like and he missed three of them, I believe, in the sec- at least two, but three of them, if I'm not mistaken, in the third quarter. The Celtics scored 14 points in the third and allowed 39. A lot of them because of turnovers. They committed 16 as a team, seven from Tatum, and because they were so dependent on the ball handling and playmaking of the Jays tonight without Smart. And Derek White, you know, he had a tough game. I thought that they, the Miami Heat knew, especially Jimmy Butler knew, that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown weren't going to be favorable matchups for him to go one-on-one. So he was looking for the Pritchards of the world and for the Derek Whites. And he was going right into the chest of Derek White, getting him in, uh, you know, he had four personal fouls tonight, Derek. And a couple of those were Jimmy Butler just putting pressure on him, going to the basket. Grant Williams, also in foul trouble tonight. Five of them, seven points, two for five. He played 35 minutes, was pretty damn quiet. The Miami Heat's defense, just the way they turned it up in the second half, such a well-coached team, but just they're just a great team, you know, chemistry-wise. And Jimmy Butler, he's really gone back to the way he played in the bubble, but he's added the even better off-ball movement, which has really gotten him to score more points in this playoffs. 
you know, cutting to the basket, getting in the post, getting solid post position on certain mismatches, just being a, uh, being a threat to catch lobs as well, and then getting out in transition, and also having his defense lead to offense. I mean, he's just on a mission. Can he prove everyone, including me, wrong that he may be able to be the best pro on a championship team if he's got a good enough supporting cast, which maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I think fingers are going to be pointed at Jimmy first if they don't win a championship, depending on the performance. But let's not think about the championship. we got a great Easter Conference final series on our hands. And the Miami Heat, after the... So there's not much to say about the fourth quarter, guys. It was really ugly, mucky. Team, uh, I think the Heat were in the bonus within the first five minutes, and it was just foul shot after foul shot, trading baskets. And ultimately, Jimmy Butler made some some solid plays at the end of the game. Uh, I want to say the end of the game, but like, you know, last five minutes to kind of ensure that the, Cel- that the Celtics couldn't get back in the game. The Miami Heat ride the third quarter to a victory, 118-107 in game one. They take a one nothing lead, just like they did in 2020. And the Celtics, they didn't play well, but I don't think this is the game that they blew, even though they were up 13 points at one time. 13 points in the first half in today's NBA is absolutely nothing. So I think that the next game will be their chance to, to take one. And I think that they're going to need Al Horford and Marcus Smart. I know Kyle Lowry was out. I'm well aware Heat fans. But, you know, I'm always going to I'm, I'm gonna try to be neutral and try to be fair. And I think two starters versus one starter is a big deal. And I think that Kyle Lowry, you know, I think the Heat have gotten more used to playing with them in these playoffs than the Celtics have gotten used to playing without Smart and Horford. But that shit happens, right? And the Boston Celtics now need to win a game, maybe without Al Horford in Miami. But we'll see what happens. Let's read the stat lines for tonight's game. For the Boston Celtics, they shot 45% from the field, so not bad. And from three, 32%. They didn't shoot too many. 11 for 34. Just didn't hit because momentum shifted. And that's because they gave the ball away. And Ime Udoka was very, very... You know, he didn't pull back any punches on his stars. He said it was Jalen and Jason Tatum that um, kind of blew it. Not blew it, but, you know, started the avalanche that led to, or started making mistakes. You know, he's holding his stars accountable, and that's what you want to see because, as I always say, the freaking playoffs and basketball is a stars game. you got to look at the top first where you start blaming all the role guys on vet minimums that in 20 years, we're not going to be talking about, yeah, you know, Derek White, he really didn't play well in game one in the conference finals. You're going to be remembering that Jason Tatum turned the fucking ball over a lot. That's just the truth. If the Celtics lose, of course. But anyway, I still got Celtics in six. I stand by my pick. Grant Williams... Seven points, two for five shooting, as I said. Not really involved on offense the same way he was in game seven. I mean, they did not let him shoot like the Bucks, that's for sure. Derek White, three points, one for four. Didn't have a good second half. Didn't have a great game overall. But he still makes the right plays. So I still think overall, even though he turned the ball over two times and got blown by a good amount by solid offensive players, I think he'll still be very useful in the series as he's been all playoffs and all season for them. Three points, four assists. One for four shooting for Derek. Only got one three off and missed it. The Time Lord, 18 points, 9 rebounds. My criticism of the Time Lord is in the second half. He got stripped twice by Gabe Vincent for keeping the ball down low when he received it. And also just a little bit of, you know, sometimes just good defensive plays, but got to be a little bit firmer with the ball. Keep it up high best you can. But he had a solid game overall. 18 points, 9 rebounds, 2 blocks, 6 for 8 shooting in 28 minutes. And then Jalen Brown, his stat line looks good, but he didn't play very well to me. 24 points, 10 rebounds, 7 for 17 shooting, 4 for 8 from deep, 6 for 10 from the line. Needs to shoot at least 80% in every game he plays, especially in the playoffs. That's just not good enough. 
And then Jason Tatum. And also just lapses in concentration on defense at times. Jimmy Butler, I remember, got an offensive rebound with Jalen Brown just ball watching. And that's another thing about Jimmy Butler. He's finding ways to get those Havlicek points. You know what I'm saying? In the half-court set, just being in the right place at the right time. Being available, moving without the ball. You know, not everything has to be on ball. And that's why I think Jordan's the best scorer ever because I've noticed when I watch more games of him, even though I'm, you know me, I'm in the time, I'm watching modern games all the time right now and I'm on a timeline. So I'm not really watching Jordan like that. But anytime I see extended clips and stuff or highlights, when people post on Twitter or the game that's just clips of games that are on, he, you could just tell how his variety of how he scores is incredible because he moves without the ball so much in the half court. And Jimmy Butler has found ways to do such a thing as well, especially in these playoffs. He's really showcasing it. But Jimmy, uh, Jason Tatum, 29 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 steals, but 7 turnovers. So more turnovers than assists, no-no. He was great in the first half, but third quarter, just not good. It's just, it ruined it. One Sometimes if, if you tank a quarter that badly against great teams in the playoffs or very good teams like Miami, that could be enough. Even in today's game where comebacks are easier. One... Or 10 for 21 for Jalen, as I or Jason, 29, 8, 6, 4 steals, blocking 7 turnovers. Peyton Pritchard, 18 points off the bench. He actually was pretty good, 6 for 16 and 4 for 11 from deep. Daniel Tice, I also thought wasn't bad, at least on offense. Actually, no, he wasn't bad in my opinion, even though his plus minus says otherwise. 8 points, 4 for 5 from the field. I remember there was one defensive play against Hero. He moved his feet so well. Miami, 49% from the field for them. I thought they had some... You know, just constantly setting screens for guys. And Gabe Vincent punished guys that went underneath screens. He was 5 for 10 from the field, 3 for 7 from deep, 4 for 4 from the line. So great all the way around, shooting the ball. 17 points for him. The the Heat shot 10 for 30 from 3, so not even great. But 30 for 34 from the line. And a lot of that was you-know-who. P.J. Tucker, he was, you know, trying to avoid foul trouble as usual. Still had four fouls. Didn't really get many shots off. Five points, two of five. Uh, but 31 minutes and he plays defense. You already know how it is with PJ. Max Struess, 11 points, four boards, four of nine shooting. Turned up in the second half. Three for eight from the three-point line. And then Bam Adebayo, his stat line won't do it justice. He only had 10 points and four boards. I still think there's so much you can do in terms of scoring. You know, mid-range. Like He has moves where, I remember in the first quarter, he had a nice turnaround over the right shoulder. You know, pump fake, pivot, turn over the right shoulder. And Mark Jackson's talking about, that's a skilled big man. That's your center doing that. So he only does it one time in a game? Like, come on. What's the point if you only show it in glimpses? Can you be a go-to scorer? Because I think that's what the Heat are going to need to win a championship. I really think so. I don't think Jim... This, we'll see what happens, but... Bam Adebayo, 10 points, 4 boards, but his defense was phenomenal, especially second half when he was switching on to guys. 4 blocks. And then Jimmy G buckets. The G stands for gets... 41 points, 9 boards, 5 assists, 4 steals, and 3 blocks. Plus 25, plus minus, the highest of anyone in the game. He was just phenomenal. The best player in this game tonight, 12 for 19 shooting, and only shot 2 threes and missed them both. So when again, when we talk about threes, and he doesn't even have a handle like that, and, and, you're, and the spacing that he has compared to other eras. So when people talk about these stupid arguments, well, Michael Jordan's not a great three-point shoot, wasn't a great three-point shooter. Who gives a fuck? Do you know how advanced that fool is skill-wise? We're going to break it down when we get to the 90s. When I get to the 90s, we're going to, in the 80s, we're going to break down his skill that you guys don't see, casuals. But anyway, 17 for 18 foul shots from the, from the line for Jimmy Butler, 41 points. And then Tyler Hero, 18 points and eight boards, three assists off the bench, seven for 15 shooting, and one of five from deep. And Victor Oladipo, 
I thought he was okay, but he had this one play that was very standout, and it was big momentum play. Jason Tatum, in the midst of all his turnovers, throwing the ball away to Jimmy Butler, was just bringing it up the floor, and Victor Oladipo just cookied him on the turn. It was a great steal, and it was it was a sign of, to me, Tatum a little bit fatigued at the end of that third quarter. Just He had played so much. He turned the ball over. Momentum was against him, and he got careless. But the Heat win it one, uh, take the one nothing lead. We'll see what happens in game two. It was an exciting game. But before I go to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat, of course, this is awesome that it's a shorter live tonight. So a shorter recap, I should say, because only one game. So from now on, it's only going to be one game for the rest of the season. Thank God I'm getting burned out, guys, even though it's been fun. Um, but I want to address something real quick. Patrick Beverly, one of my former guys, went on first take to bash Chris Paul into the ground. Now, I thought it was pretty funny, and I thought that it was cool to see Chris Paul get slandered like other people have gotten slandered because whenever he, I guess since he left the Clippers, he's free of any slander. He's just point God everything. You know, top five point guard of all time. Consensus to, to, to some, the way they make it seem. And I like seeing somebody go against that. I like seeing someone call out that he's not as good of a defender as he used to be, and the Mavericks showed that. But... I do think it's petty, but here's the thing about Pat Bev. He is petty. I know who he is. You know what I'm saying? Not know him personally, but I know who he is in terms of his personality. He was on my team. He, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Patrick Beverly going on first take to basically bash a player that he doesn't mess with. So it's very petty. It's unprofessional. Um, I'm here for it, but it's unprofessional and a little fucked in my eyes. But... It is what it is, right? And, you know, with J.J. Baby Dick over there caping for Chris Paul in the media because he gave him the best years of his career, hitting him in his perfect shot pocket coming off screens of that same play, uh, we need somebody to counterbalance that. Although Patrick Beverly is doing the same thing for James Harden, talking about he should get a max. He should absolutely not get a max. Uh, he is cooked. But he still is a good player. But, uh, yeah, you already know how I feel about Plumber Jim. We only talk about players that are in the playoffs right now. But anyway, guys, thanks so much for joining me. Super Chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. Leave a review if you'd like. Let me know what you think of the episodes. What do you like? The partner dynamic better? The solo dynamic? You like them both? You like the mix? Let me know what you think. Let me know your prediction for the series as well. Let me know if you think Jimmy Butler is better than Jason Tatum or is he better than Devin Booker? That's a good... People are talking about Booker. I think Tatum is better than Booker. But let me know about Jimmy. Where does he fall between those three? I'd really like interested to hear your guys' opinions. Peace out, y'all. 23 minutes. Almost on the nose, the great uh, Michael Jordan is smiling somewhere, smoking a cigar. Peace out, and we'll go to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat.